everyone and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Ben. You know, we've always had those moments where we're like, what in the world? How is this going to go? You know, and then we look back after it's all said and done and we realize that we're better out on the other side. But my next guest is going to talk about her experiences just like that. I'm talking about Susan DeLorenzo. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Susan. guys like I was saying I am here with Susan DeLorenzo and she has not only an amazing story but an amazing journey so Susan if you would do me the pleasure of introducing yourself to my listeners my pleasure coupon queen and hello everyone um, with that lovely introduction my name is Susan DeLorenzo and I'm a life coach, but I have to go back to what really started this path for me was being told that I had invasive breast cancer and going through a year of treatment that involved, you know, the usual thing you hear about, uh, surgeries, uh, chemotherapy, radiation. And it took about a year. And at that point, I wanted to live and I was so happy. And I thought, you know, my marriage could really use some work. So I went to my husband at that time and I said, you know, let's get back to where we were, you know, let's work on this. And he nods his head and he says, actually, I need to live alone. (laughs) Wow. And that was like a wow for me too. And so I literally later that night went up to the bathroom and yelled at God, do you think I could just have a year off? (laughs) And wow. Yeah. And so this started the journey of thinking that, you know, the universe was kicking my butt. But I came to learn it was actually cleaning my house. I couldn't have told you that at the time. Because uh, it looked pretty, like, not fair. (laughs) But I came to learn that I had settled for so little in my life, and I thought so little about myself. It was just my operating system of getting by in a really difficult marriage, And in a life that I felt this is as good as it gets, Susan, you made your bed, you have to lie in it. Oh, well. And cancer woke me up from that. I really saw not only was I really happy to still be breathing, but that I wanted to be happy. And I think that's the thing I want your listeners most to know is that you and I, we deserve to be happy and we deserve to know, despite what our circumstances look like, that we, we can go and investigate a dream we might have given up on because our circumstances told us we couldn't have it anymore. And we said, well, you know, I made my bed. I have to lie in it. And then what happens sometimes is the pain gets so bad and our thinking controls our reality. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that back then. But we end up, when we don't listen to what we call that still small voice, it gets louder and louder until yeah. one day, bammo, 
it doesn't have to be cancer, but there's some giant thing that can come by and say, look, I, the subtlety's not working with you anymore. I've got to shake you by the shoulders, apparently. And that's what this was for me. And it, it really started that aha moment, one after another of, oh my gosh, I don't have to settle. I can start just taking baby steps to find happiness. And, uh, and know that adversity doesn't finish me off, that it was just the wake-up call and that there are so many, what I like to call the gems, that we can pluck out of the muck that came to us in the form of insight and wisdom. And we can take what we've learned and build on a higher platform of awareness using and listening to that voice that we tried to stifle before because we felt like we just couldn't do anything about it before. So I hope wow. that helps you give a, a, a little bit of an idea of who I am. And oh, Okay, so there are no questions for me to ask. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, we're all done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, because I like what you said, going back to what you said about those little steps. Mm. Yes. And I often say sometimes we have to take it moment by moment. And I'll be very honest. I was one of those people. There are times when you have to say, you know what? God, I can't kind of figure out how to get through the day. Right. So how in the world am I going to get through the next five minutes? And I realize sometimes it's the victory is in getting through not even maybe five minutes, but two. You got that right. And you said a very important word in there. And people have a different word for this, but it's God. And knowing that you have a divine connection. Right. You, you and I can't make our heart beat. We're, we're, something is beating our heart for us. Right. You know, we are being animated by the divine. We don't right. have to have the exact name for that. But we want to honor that connection and know that there is a whole team around us cheering for us, even when we're down on right. our knees. Right. And, and we can take advantage of that in those five minutes to just be in those five minutes and not look too far into the future and let that scare us and not look into the back the past and say, well, this happened to me. This is why I'm like this. And this is why I can't expect any more in my life. That is the lie that keeps us stuck. Right, right. And, and, and I think that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of times, and, and, and I, I want to, I wanna, it sounds really crazy, but I want to delve into that lie a little bit. Yeah. Because it's easy for us to say, okay, you know what? And I can blame you all I want. And it's, you know, Susan, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> and I'm not looking at me. Right. Right. And a lot of times what the, the like you said, what's stopping us is ourselves. So yeah. how did you finally say, you know what? I, I'm responsible for this. This is not, this is not cancer this is not my husband this is not my circumstance what made you say you know what part of this is me taking accountability you got that so right and that was the game changer is i first of all had to see my part in it and then own it 
And for me, my part in it, and I had to go way back coupon queen, and it would had to do with growing up with a parent with depression. I had to go way back there because I married someone with depression. And you know that phrase, walking on eggshells? I just learned how to walk on those eggshells, trying not to get slung by whatever mood was coming out of this person that I was tied to. And I had to see, oh my God, I don't have to do that anymore. I can choose differently going forward. And I had to see in myself where I wanted to insert myself again into that similar kind of relationship, into flying under the radar so nobody could, you know, I wouldn't get in trouble. I wouldn't be too much for anyone. So I played really small and quiet and uh, tried to dress up to blend in, whether I was going into the office, right, anything. Right. And, and so owning our part in, I'm going to say the play, because it is, this whole scenario is like a stage right, for us right. to learn on. And, and I think that's really what a lot of people actually learn, um, is to hide in plain sight, so to speak. Yeah. Well said. Yes. In other words, you're, you're putting on the face, you're putting on the smile, you're putting, on, you're putting on the clothes, you're putting on the makeup, you're getting your hair done, and everything's going to be just fine. And inside, you're dying. Yeah. Inside, yeah. you're like, I am a fraud. If they only knew who was inside here right now, so afraid to be who I really am. Yeah. And of course, we're not saying that to ourselves, are we? No, we're, we're not. Just, and that's, that's, the real, that's the real crazy thing. Now, yeah. you said something else. I, 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 I still love this. This is like in my wheelhouse right now. Mm, good. You said something else where, in other words, you grew up with a parent with depression. Now, here is something that a lot of us don't think about. A lot of people are growing up in households with parents with undiagnosed depression. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times, and I think one of the things that we don't realize, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mm. is that as children, we see our parents as, you know, the almighty parent, so to speak. (laughs) So it's like, they're not human, they're mom, they're dad, you know? Right. This is who I must, you know, obey and worship. And they're all you know. You're never going to. That's why we blame ourselves. There's nothing wrong with them. There must be something wrong with us. And and that's the thing is, you know, so it's not until we get older than where we realize, you know what? Our parents had feelings. Our parents were going through something. Our parents, you know, and, and a lot of times, and especially now, you know, when we're realizing how many people have undiagnosed problems. Yes. And, and in both cases, a coupon queen, both my mother, it was my mother, and um, my mate at the time refused to get treatment, even when I was older, you know, and could see, oh gosh, there's something wrong. Right, you really right. need to get some help. Um, they, they wouldn't do it. And so... Um, I was just left, yeah, like we said, walking on eggshells. But um, there's a great book I want to recommend uh, to your readers. And sure. it's, it's called How You Can Survive When They're Depressed. And, and it's Ooh. by Anne Sheffield. And the people who live with people who have depression, whether diagnosed or not, are called depression fallout. We're the fallout of the situation. 
And it was when I read that, that my, I didn't even know, this is going to sound really crazy, but I didn't even know <laughs> that my parent had depression until I read the book and I went, oh my God, I'm a right. codependent. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's really what it is, is because believe it or not, I was looking at something, you know, um, today and realizing that, in other words, we still have the idea that depression is the person that can't get out of bed and is always crying and it's just like simply sad for no reason, even though we do have things that say, you know, there are other symptoms. Oh, yes. And anger is a big part of it. Frustration yeah. uh, and then exhaustion. They just, you know, go and sink and, and sleep on the couch or something it's uh and it has many faces for many people does, and sometimes it it's tied to alcoholism there's a lot of things that are there to even cover up and mask the depression so but that is a deeply rooted and often uh ancestral um right line. And that, that is a thing so okay let's let's bring it a little more present mm. so you get this huge weight of a diagnosis and you're thinking hey you know what and and I will say you know what congratulations to you and don't uh, get me wrong not congratulations for getting cancer but congratulations for deciding that you wanted to live because I know a lot of people that get that diagnosis and it's just like uh whatever forget it you know yeah. But yeah, now game you, over. Yeah. yeah. So you realize, okay, you know what? I want to live. I want to breathe. I want to enjoy every moment. And you get home and you're like, hey, you know what, honey? I love you. Let's work on this. I know there may be a little bit something wrong, but we can get through this together. And he's <laughs> like, He's uh, nodding at first, like he understands what I'm yeah. saying. And, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, flipperoo, no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so how do you, how do you say, I mean, and I know you were just like, how <sighs> do you say, okay, this is still not the end? Yeah. So at first, I guess where I headed right into a church the next day. And, oh, and wow. this is okay. pretty wild because... I, I had to go to work. I'm a working mom and I couldn't take the day off because my husband told me he wanted to leave. <laughs> so I, um, I went in, had a really close boss and I did talk to her, but I'm, I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling, I already didn't recognize the landscape of my life because I'm now missing a breast and, you know, I'm, I'm already just like not fully grounded in my life yet when this happened. But I, I always, and I wasn't that I was religious, but I just needed a quiet place. I worked in Boston and there's this beautiful church across the street from the office. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to walk in. I'm going to sit in the back of the church and I pulled out a hymnal. I always loved music and I opened up to this song that began, if the, but trust in God to guide thee, even in your darkest hour. He will wow. give you strength, whatever betide thee. Wow. Those are the first words I read. And I just started, of course, crying even more because I thought that was so amazing. Um, I, I guess that was just my sign right there that it's going to be okay. And I, I just walked back into work and, and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay. I don't know how. It's going right. to 
be not good before it's good, <laughs> like cancer. <laughs> and, and I think that's what it was too, that I already just finished cancer. I, I learned right. that, right. hey, Susan, you're cancer free. I thought, okay, what could be worse than that? This isn't worse than that. <laughs> and right. so, right. yeah, thank God that. Yeah, I mean, cancer. you know, it's, I think, I think what, what we don't se- separate is the fact that, you know, that physical feeling of, hey, you're dying from the emotional feeling of, hey, you're dying, you know, yeah. because in other words, for us, and, and, and I say this, us as women, it's kind of like, let's be honest, everything is emotional. <laughs> everything, we are emotional everything creatures, yeah. We are emotional creatures. So everything is emotional. And this is, I hate to say this, men, and I know some of you are probably going to be upset. This is why when you're like, why are you crying? Stop crying. I don't understand why you're crying. It's not, it's not intentional. It's not for, for, for the most part, it's really not manipulative. It's us real (laughs) it's real and it's us not being able to voice so it's like happy cry angry cry sad cry (laughs) we are connected to our feelings we are really connected to our feelings and a lot of times that's what it is is just we it's it's like that baby that can't talk and for us when the overwhelming feeling comes it manifests itself in crying right oh it's it's not like you know, it's kind of like, you know, they're like, well, I'll buy you a car. Stop crying. It's like, oh, wrong. No. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and so. to try to placate without getting to the root of the issue. And right. that is a great point, Coupon Queen, because cancer is like that. When we push down our hurt, our anger, and we try to redirect ourselves, distract ourselves from having to deal with real feelings, they have to go somewhere. They have to go somewhere. You're right. You're right. Now, I will ask you, I don't know if you're comfortable answering this. I probably am. (laughs) But how did you fight? Because I hear a lot of women talk about you know, after the surgery, they feel a little less feminine. How did you fight that feeling or how did you combat that feeling? That is a great question. And that took time because, you know, um, it's especially losing a breast, you know, and uh, I remember at night, uh, lying on my side and you know how you lie on your side and, and your breast usually catches your top arm and right my right. arm would just slide down my chest and um and it would almost be like my arm asking me what did you do with it <laughs> what happened right. every time that happened it'd be like oh what happened and um i ultimately did get reconstructive surgery but because of the chemo I didn't want to get it right away. I wanted right. to really focus on that. But yeah, uh, and I'm bald, right? And I'm missing my eyebrows. I mean, that part I knew was temporary. And I even knew I was going to get a breast again. I, I knew I was going to get that. Uh, so I didn't get too alarmed. And can I tell you, I've got to back up and tell you, my mother lost her breast. Oh, the wow. same same age as me. Wow. And um, same breast. Oh, wow. And I, um, I really, uh, that blows my mind. And I never thought, I, I thought when my mother had breast cancer, um, 
well, we didn't look a thing alike. Right. Uh, and I'm thinking I'll never get it. Hey, ever hear of genetics? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, that, that's why I saw her. You about pathology. <laughs> yeah. And I saw my mother without a breast. She never had reconstruction. Oh, wow. So I grew up seeing her and she was always, uh, when she went out, she looked like a million bucks. She cleaned up beautifully. And so I knew in my heart from seeing my mom, what a great role model she was for showing up with beauty again after yeah. her mastectomy. So I think that was a nice um, model that I never knew I needed <laughs> at right, the time. Right, right, right. Now, here's a question now. Hmm. Do you think that with the depression, that was her way of coping? Absolutely, you do. You know, it's kind of what we did to, to get up and go out into our day when we weren't feeling real. Right, 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 right. And, and I think that's really, that's really what it is, is that was her way of, you know. Compensating. You know, yeah. yeah. In other words, like I said, we don't realize that until we're older and we have children and, you know, we're, we're that almighty parent that, hey, you know what? Those feelings that I had as a kid, they didn't just go away when I had kids, you know? No, and then we project them on are, and yeah. Yeah, our parents had feelings. And so that's really what it is. Like, oh my gosh, that is. So she modeled that for you and you actually knew how to maneuver Move and get forward. through that. Yeah, I mean, I... And I, I mean, I had a wig, I had a prosthesis, you know, I was just pot, you know, put myself together in such a way that when I looked in the mirror, I could still recognize myself. And mm. that, that was good mentally for me. And I did a lot of journaling. Boy, did I write. Now I'm a writer. <laughs> I wonder if that's what started it. I was always that's, interested that's in that. probably what started it was like, yeah. you know what, let me talk about this. I have to talk about this to myself. <laughs> yeah, we have all the information inside of us. And the best thing we can do is first connect with the fear and the pain no, it's temporary while we're in here. We have a choice. There's a great book. Um, it's an old book now. It's by Bernie Siegel called Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And in it, he writes about the people who are surviving. He, he knows plenty of people are studying the people who don't make it. He's studied the people who made it through cancer. Ah. And, and what their secret was, was their attitude and not tying themselves to a statistic or even to the diagnosis, the prognosis. The diagnosis, yeah, it's a fact, okay? Right. But the prognosis. And, and putting some space between you and the prognosis. I have an aunt who is actually dealing with um, pancreatic cancer. She is already living beyond what they gave her because she didn't want to mm. know the staging. She said, don't tell me the stage. Don't tell me how bad it is. I'm going to keep on rocking this healing journey. Right, <laughs> and, right. and so that is what I invite anybody who's going right. through this to do is you're, you're not a statistic. You're not. You and I are not. We, yeah. we may make up a statistic, but we're, but not, we're not the statistic. statistic. We're exactly. a soul in a body. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's, that's, I, I, I love that. That is beautifully said. Yes. That is beautifully said. Thank so, you. So, okay. You're there, you're making it through the day and mm -hmm. you're hiding in plain sight. When does it hit you? Bam. I'm still not doing enough. I'm, I'm, I'm surviving, but I'm not thriving. 
I started creating vision boards. Do you know what a vision board is? Where you put a yeah. collage together of the yeah. life you really want. I started, this was after I learned that um, my mate wanted to leave. And I thought, man, if the, if the whole house is being cleaned out, I want a new house, right? And so oh, I wow. started, and I mean this uh, metaphysically speaking. <laughs> so, but I, I put up everything that I wanted. Um, you know, I wanted to love again. I wanted to have, wear beautiful clothes. I wanted to sing and play. I, have the, I didn't have a piano at the time. I wanted to have a piano back in my life. I wanted to have wonderful friends. I wanted to travel the world. And this was my a massive vision board that I put up. And every day I'd go into my room and it'd be the first thing I'd see. And a wild thing happened, Coupon Queen. I'd say um, within six months of my mate leaving, I was invited to a friend's wedding and I met a guy from France and he was smitten with me. And I'm like, who is this guy and how old is he? Because <laughs> he looked younger than me. And my friend, the bride said, I'm not going to tell you, this man is quality material. And we ended up, this wonderful man and I uh, were together for three years he looked at me with eyes that adored me and he treated me with kindness and respect. And I started to see myself through his eyes. And that was one of the most healing parts of my journey was experiencing someone who saw me as, I'll say beautiful, funny, right. worthwhile, um, worth the time worth the time and investment right. in feelings. And I think that was one of my most transformative uh, aha. It led to many right, ahas right. because the relationship didn't last. It certainly ended fine. It wasn't awful at all the way it ended. But I took the lesson with me. Right, that's that you that's what still, you're worthy about. That's yeah. what you're worthy of. Yeah, all of us deserve to be looked at like that, loved like that. And settling for less, while it may give, like, I'll go back a little and say, I, I didn't think anybody else wanted me when I married right. this man. I thought mm -hmm. this was, that you know, he likes me, it's the best we can do. And how pathetic is that? And, and wrong, right. on, wrong for me to do to him, right? I want to own that too. Um, wait, 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 okay. Let, let's talk about that for a moment because sure, because that's a big one that's yeah, a big one. that is a big one in other words we we talk about okay well and i think really what it comes from is us expecting our partners regardless of who they are to fulfill us right. so how do you say okay you know what me settling is still not right me in this mindset is still mm. not right it's not only not fair to me but it's not fair to him right right and the thing we miss and it's it's something um that really needs to be put in there at childhood is that before we can really have a loving partnership we have to fall in love with ourselves and we have to see the beauty in us what makes us light up and and love our own company when we're alone and and not feel like we need to distract ourselves 
or, or find something wrong with ourselves all the time. We can work on ourselves. That's big. And that's where, you know, I'm a life coach. That's one of the best things you can do to prepare yourself for a real relationship is do the work on yourself first. And there's always work to be done. You don't have to be perfect, but you want to have a line on yourself that you, that you have an understanding of not only um, what you would love in your life, right? But what little blocks you have, what little flaws that make it difficult, right? Right. I, I, I you know, and 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 that's the thing is, I think, how can I put it? And I'll be very honest. I was one of those people that when people said, you know what, you need to you need to spend some time alone. And as a teenager, you kind of think that this is punishment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I wrong? Like you, you think like, okay, you want me to spend time by myself without my boyfriend? You're 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 just trying like like someone's mm -hmm. That's right. And what do we do when we're always with somebody else? We're always um focused on them. Right. Focused on the time. When we turn that on ourselves, we and that goes back to that divine connection again, too. Right. You're not tapped into that. Right. And you're always with somebody right. else or being distracted um, by right. an activity. Right. And, and I think part of it goes to that because someone, I, I had a little bit of this conversation with someone that kind of superhero, and, and women get it. Women mm. get a lot. That superhero complex, I have to say, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, everybody okay you know what oh this is going wrong super mom to the rescue super auntie to the rescue super <laughs> sister to the rescue and yeah. you find out believe it or not not only do you find out that you know you're tired but now from ripping all your clothes you no longer have a wardrobe because you're <laughs> the only thing you have to wear is your super suit oh my gosh that is a great analogy and and i think the thing that really stood out while you were talking about that is when we love people in general when we know what we know we start to see people at their potential we see the man we see what his potential is and we love that and we want them to reach that potential um and, and we see that in our children and in all forms of our family and we operate from seeing that potential when we're not in reality of what um, really ultimately isn't serving our needs and, and our desires. Right, right. And I mean, even I have recently learned that there's nothing wrong with me time if it's done in the proper order. That's right. And we want to get really good at loving time alone with ourselves right and not right <laughs> like i'm going to the cloister <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's good good stuff yeah so it's 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 one of those things of i i think my biggest fear was the me time out of order ah oh, tell me more about that okay what i mean by that is in other words you have that person that's always in need of me time and it's like Okay, but sweetie, your kids are at home needing to be fed. Okay. I'm, I'm going to the party. They have like chips oh, and stuff. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay, I get that. Out of yes. In other words, you're 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 going overboard with the me time. 
Yes. And, and, it, and it actually starts to become Hurtful. selfishness. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that was my biggest fear because for me, those were the people I saw yeah. were the selfish ones. And I'm like, darn, how do I, I can't do me time because if I'm doing me time, I can't, I'm not taking care of the kids. I'm not taking care of, you know, I'm not taking right. care of my responsibilities. And so actually, you know, what that begins to do is it begins to kind of beat you up even we, more because now I, you're I like, okay, I'm tired, but no, I got to keep going. So there, yeah. And we make it all or nothing. That's what I was right. hearing on what you were saying. Yeah. It either all or nothing and we and finding that subtle balance where yeah right. you, you can go out you you may go out a little bit later and you don't stay as long i right. know when i first found this guy i was like on you know drugs just so i never knew i could be so happy and and have so much fun and right and right. appreciate me so i want to say that i was definitely guilty in the beginning right of, of really not giving my child enough of me back then i have a lot of regret around that now we're fine now and everything worked out fine right. but you want to notice that and that is great to be that honest you know we do want to take a look in the mirror right. and say, wow, it's not all or nothing. And, and the craziest part is I think, and I don't know if you've ever uh, read Tammy Loftus's book. I'll write her um, down, dear, no. Um, dear victim, it's time for us to break up now. Ooh. And I read this book and it's an interactive book. Hmm. And I remember one of the things, one of the activities is for you to look in the mirror and literally with every fiber in your being, tell yourself, first, you have to say, I forgive you. Hmm. And to be very honest, I melted. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I melted because it was like, I wait but i wasn't doing anything wrong for me but just to have to say that and mean it mm -hmm. and not be talking to someone else and i'll tell anyone you really want to feel something have to tell yourself in the mirror look in the mirror and literally tell yourself you know what? i forgive you for accepting less yeah and not, not knowing what you didn't word, know, but right? mean it. And then yeah. the next one was tell yourself, I love you. Powerful. And it was like, that was another melting moment. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And it's like, you know? <laughs> you're, you're connecting. That's what's going right. on. Right. And, and yeah. that's the thing is like to not only say it. And I, and I think that's part of the thing, Susan, is that a lot of times we're saying things and, and it wasn't until a foreigner said to me, you know, like you Americans love everything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you Americans love everything. You know, you love your food, you love your dog, you love this, you love the paint colors. And it's like, and it, it didn't dawn on me until it was like, you know what we do say? We love everything. We're enthusiastic. We are so enthusiastic. <laughs> And I was like, wow. And it made me take stock. It's like, 
you know, that's why a lot, it seems to us like a lot of foreigners are callous, but they're letting you know, in other words, I'm not going to tell you I love you until I actually love you. Yeah. They have more words for things too sometimes. Right. Uh-huh. So it's like, I learned not to throw that word around so frivolously. I mean, oh, the American in me still does it sometimes. I, I will admit <laughs> it's a guilty thing. But I've learned not to throw that word around so frivolously. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I love this piece of paper. Like, really? Do you, do you really love the piece of paper? I like that because you're giving it a, the deep meaning that it was intended. Right. And I'm just as guilty of that. But I do like what you're saying around that. And- so, yeah, we just, we just need to be mindful. But even the fact, like I said, when you say to yourself in the mirror, I love you, and you're not talking to someone else. You're literally looking yourself in the eyes and saying, I love you. I've had a moment like that. Whole new meaning. And doesn't that go right from your eyes down into your heart? Yes. It's something yeah. amazing that happens with that. And it's gradual. You, you can say it at first, and, it, and it's absolutely fine to have that exercise every day. Look yourself in the eye. Right, right. And, and do it, and you might not feel authentic at first. But one day, yeah, one day it happens and your eyes just sparkle back at you. And then this rush to your heart is, that's that divine spark again. It's, you've made that connection. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I'm going to look up that book. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Tammy still does sessions. I did a, a um, two month session with her and the funny thing was she made me take a picture <laughs> in the beginning. She's like, take a picture of yourself. And I'm like, what? She's just like, just take a picture. And our last session, she says, take another picture. And I'm mm. like, what? She's like, you don't look the same. You've fallen in love. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, I could see the heaviness. I could see everything. And it wasn't until I looked at the two pictures side by side and I was like, oh wow that's what transformation looks like yeah that is exactly what transformation looks like and that's why it's worth it it's worth it to do invest with someone who's going to help you like your sherpa she was your sherpa and um i i just think that's the best work we can do you know we pay money to go on vacation we pay money to go to school right and and even get a therapist right it's so worth it to invest in anything that's going to get you to look at yourself with love and possibility and then take those baby steps to, to go and live a life you really love. Exactly. Exactly. So what got you now to hear being Susan, I'm happy. I'm on this road to like my journey is my own yeah it's just one day you notice you've taken enough steps to think wow i'm on a path look at this i'm going to be a life coach i'm going to uh, start speaking in public i'm working on a book i've done blogs you know and uh it's it's a wonderful um journey it's almost like you're at a big banquet table of possibilities and right. you start picking out the most delicious things. 
And I just invite your listeners to just open up a book. I mean, open up a journal, a notebook, and just start writing down different things that have that kind of feel like you're at this big banquet table of life, like you are with this podcast, right? And, and influencing people in a way that you know you have a gift and you get people to think, you get people to connect. And that's mm -hmm. what this is like. We want to write this stuff down, even right. if it sounds so crazy, like it looks a million miles away. We're not telling you you're going to get in a rocket and get there. We're just saying you take that first step exactly exactly that first step you know it's 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 one of those things of you know you start taking the steps you get in the middle of the staircase now you have a choice right do i keep climbing up or do i go back down but either way yeah you, you may go back down but you, you have yeah. to physically make that decision yeah I have to move. I can't stay or live in the middle of the staircase. <laughs> That's really well said. And the thing is, if we're going to take that analogy even further, is the universe starts turning that staircase into an escalator. Yeah. You keep making those moves. And all of a sudden, the right people come to meet you. Mm -hmm. The right opportunities come to meet you. And all of a sudden, you know what your next step is. You can't see it from the bottom of the staircase, right? Right, right. That is so true. That is so true. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Wait, you know what? You need to say that for the people <laughs> in the back. Let, let, let's repeat that. You cannot see your opportunities from the bottom of the staircase. You can only see the next few steps. If we're talking about a big staircase that's exactly. going to take you to your dream, then yeah, but take the steps. That's what we're all doing. Nobody, and this is a misperception. There are very few people who are overnight successes. Right. We, didn't get, we didn't see all the grit they had to go through to make it look like they're fabulous right. now, right? Right. And, and so you've got to be your own superhero in that moment and remind yourself why you're doing it. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is I'm always, when I think of stairs, I'm always reminded of babies. Oh yeah. And how at one point, you know, if you're not watching the baby and, and guys don't get me wrong, it only takes a second, but if you're not watching the baby and they determine that they're going to get to their blanket or they're going to get to a toy or their binky or whatever, and they feel like it's at the top of the stairs they're going they're going and they're getting there on all fours with fire in their eyes <laughs> yeah and, and they're like you know they're moving and and if you catch them at the wrong time they will fight you to get up the stairs they're oh, screaming yeah. and they're clawing and they're crying and they're flailing and it's like oh my gosh and you're the dream crusher. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, but when did we lose that determination? I was just talking about this the other day. When did we and lose it's that? It's conditioning. It's conditioning. Yeah. And, and look at even kids, you know, when they're little, they tell you what they want to be when they grow up. And then all of a sudden we tell them, no, you've got to be practical. You've got to be reasonable. This is what you've got to do now. Yeah. You, you can't have your dream. You, that's on, not yeah. oh my gosh i love this yeah. i love this and yes guys i literally mean i love this so 
<laughs> You're too much. <laughs> so, what yes. I, what I'm saying is because I talk to parents all the time. Right. And one of the things is I always hear them say, and I actually had to learn this from another parent, but the fallback plans. Yeah. Fallback plans. Like, I always hear it when a child says, you know, like, especially little girls, because we like pretty things. We like hair. We like makeup. We like the pretty colors. We like sparkly stuff. Oh my <laughs> goodness. We love it. We love it. We love it. And I'll hear a little girl say, you know what? I want to be, you know, I want to be a hairdresser. I want to own my own salon. And the parent is like, no, you know, you need a fallback plan. You oh, need boy. a and yeah. and it's like whoa. you've already told her fat chance you know right and it's like yeah. it's like okay you didn't just come in with like the little hammer you came in with an anvil <laughs> and a sledgehammer and yeah wily coyote'd her whole, her whole yeah. but that's what happened to, to that mom you know and and that is the gift that keeps on unfortunately giving right. it's a great gift and, and it's and it's with good intentions because right. we and, want our was, children to be well but it was actually another parent that was like and she told me she's like it was a mom she's like what you may want your child to be is not what's in them that's right yeah and i was like huh and she's like you may be gearing, you may have, she says, your dream for your child is not your child's dream for your child. Yes. Cahill Gibran says something amazing around that. I wish I could remember, but it's basically telling us that our child is not really ours, that we are the delivery system for this wonderful right. soul on earth. Right. Ayanla Van Zant says the same thing. Oh yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and she even takes it even further for all those moms that have problems with the dads guess what had you been with anyone else that child would be someone else right right and i think about that on my own account that's perfect so it's yeah. like we always get to that point where we're like oh my gosh and you're talking to the dad it's like i can't stand you <laughs> oh dear yeah but you're looking at your child with so much love and it's like i love you i love you i love you but you and the combination of that person you cannot stand yes you've got to honor that this yeah. beautiful intelligent wonderful creation like this person you love this person so you can't not stand that person but so much you have to have some gratitude around the connection right. to bring this this being onto the earth yeah right. for sure so it's yeah. really that's that's really the thing so it was like but when that mom said that to me it was like whoa wait a minute she's right like my thoughts for my child are not necessarily my child's thoughts for themselves. I, my child is now 22 and it's not at all what I would pick out for him, but he is so happy. He's on and his journey. Thing, yeah. The thing is, are they happy? And, yeah. and I think, you know, the crazy part is Susan, like the world has changed so much from when we were children. Because yeah. remember, you had to be in an office job, or you had to be in a factory job, or you had to have some sort of trade. And yeah. now we're looking at kids going, well, what do you I, 
for a living. Oh, I play video games. <laughs> well, how much are you making? Oh, I'm only making 75000 I'm like just, this is entry level. I'll be up to like 150000 a year in the next few months. Like, wait, what? Isn't and that wonderful? They didn't like the model, so there's a new model. Exactly. And the funny thing is we always think of our parents telling us, get off the video game. Those things are going to get you nowhere. Well, uh, mom and dad, you're kind of wrong about that. One thing led to another there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and, and that's one thing I really kind of admire about this generation. It's like, I think they're future leaders. They're just the, they want so much and they're not willing to play by the old rules. It's like when they said, when they balk against, you know, the whole thing, it was like, oh, okay, you really meant that. You, you, you really are going to sit on YouTube and make money. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to sit in a call-in center, you know, and get right. the shift in your entry-level thing and, and think someday right. you're going to be vice president there or whatever the model is for a particular company. It, it really can be uh, soul giving, soul right. feeding. And, and that's the thing is, I think we as parents, if we learn from them, and yes, parents, I'm saying learn from our children. Oh, for sure. If we learn from them, we'll get so much accomplished. It's amazing what they know and, and what, they've, what they've observed in us that we couldn't see anymore. It is. It is. Wow. So Susan, because I feel like we can go on forever. <laughs> We're having a good time. This is I great know. stuff. Tell me about, because you're writing a book. I am. I am. And uh, it, it's everything here that we're talking about in that we're using adversity or what happened to us in the darkest part of our lives to gain the, the wisdom and insight like I was telling you about where, right. where I didn't realize. Uh, and so the book is called Pulling the Gems from Adversity. Oh, wow. Because it's all about um, what I use. It's a five-stage process where we begin with what do you do when you're in the dark night of the soul? What mm. mindsets and tools can you use to support yourself while you're in there? Right. And then as you come further out, well, what do I, what did I learn from that? Who was I in that? And what, what is uh, my life going to look like going forward? You just start to look at that. And then in the next section, it is about creating a new, really coming up with a vision of something you'd really love for your life. And the fourth section is not everything can come with you, right? We, wow. we got to work on forgiveness. We got to work on self-esteem, our expectations for our life, or we're just going to try to recreate what we came from. Right. And so right? And then finally, it's about advancing boldly. If you've managed to come to the point where you've got a vision for your life, let's go out and get it for you. Mm. Right? Mm. And so I love how this book came together. It really came together through blogs. And um, I had my own radio program where I wrote all the episodes. So I just kind of combined all this and I saw, wow, I've got a book. <laughs> and so it's coming out through Balboa Press. I'm, I'm self-publishing it and um, I'll, I'll definitely, you'll be seeing it up on my website, which is SusanDiLorenzo.com. Well, okay. I, ha I have a personal favor to ask. Yeah. Uh, when it's finished, can I be your first interview? Oh, I love that. I'm writing down right here. First interview. I, I, I love queen. that. I mean, I love <laughs> this. 
I've had so I've had such a great time with this interview. I definitely want to be your first interview. Oh, I would love it. I would, it would be my absolute pleasure. I've so really enjoyed my time promo with you. going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. 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 It's, it's something, it was a labor of love and it's, and like a labor of love, I'm really excited that, you know, the baby is about to be born. <laughs> I know. I know that is, and, 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 and it's such a great thing. It's such a great thing. Well, you know, the funny thing, I have to say, thank you. I have oh, to say thank you, you for honoring your walk and realizing that you didn't have to be stuck there and not staying angry and saying and little you know, <laughs> other yeah. people have to hear this. And, and, and that's, that's really, I, I, I thank you for that because it's just like, I've been sitting here through this whole interview, kind of like getting goosebumps. So I, I thank you so much, Susan, for just being you and being authentic to yourself and, and coming into the realization of yourself. Oh, you're welcome. And I've so enjoyed our conversation, Coupon Queen. It's just been a great hour spent with you or however long this ends up being on your show. <laughs> it was just wonderful. And I just want to wish all the best to your listeners. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so, thank you. So guys, you know... You will not miss a thing. All of Susan's information will be in the show notes and how to reach her, how to find her. Okay, gentlemen, not how to stalk her, but (laughs) find her for, you know, professional purposes. Um, But yes, all of her information will be in the show notes. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Thanks so much. That's awesome. Um, Oh my goodness, guys, wasn't that awesome? I mean, really, was not that awesome? Whoa, thank you so much, Susan. Mind blown. Seriously, like, mind blown. So, guys, honestly, you will not miss a thing. All Susan's information will be in the show notes. And if you have any questions, definitely reach out to me. You know, you can leave me a voice message on Anchor you can email me, you can leave me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or even Facebook. So guys, as always, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, aka Mr. Gentleman of Mr. Gentleman Like the Podcast, and you are now listening to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queenpin.